A kids podcast. <laughs> you can go slow. A kids podcast about. Hey, listeners, thanks for finding this episode. We believe in the power of conversations and knowing that kids like you are ready to talk about the big things going on in their world. If you like this episode, please consider liking or reviewing the show through whatever app you're using to listen right now. That helps others discover this podcast, and that helps make sure this show is reaching the ears that need to hear it most. Thanks. What is radical dreaming? Big dream. Is when someone wants to go somewhere in their heart. As a concept, it's probably something that's like so big that um, any number of people could have like a definition of it and it would still kind of hit on at least the way I perceive it to be. Um, but I perceive radical dreaming to be. Um, a way of having hope and courage uh, to dream big about things that are um, that are relevant for you that you um, wish to see uh, for yourself or your community or um, whomever and um, the radical aspect of it is kind of touching on or connecting to who you are so like no matter who you are where you come from um, uh, uh, your background, uh, any of those things about you, um, you are still going to like pursue it. That is the radical aspect of it. I'm going to pursue it. Um, uh, taking those things maybe in mind if they're positive and if they're negative, then like saying, I'm still going to pursue this thing. Welcome to a kid's book about the podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm a teacher, a librarian, and I'm your host. The voices you heard just a moment ago were from Sojourner, Ellison, and Alvin. Each week we talk about the big things going on in your world with different authors from our A Kid's Book About series. Hi, my name is Alvin Schecksneider. My pronouns are he, him. Uh, I am a designer, illustrator, strategist and futurist and um, I am a uh, black cisgender male uh, right outside of Chicago got two kids and a partner and we really enjoy Chicago and uh, I am here uh, to talk about the book that I wrote a kid's book about radical dreaming radical dreaming okay so maybe you're listening to this alone on a smart speaker Maybe you're with your family in your car, going somewhere. Maybe you're in school, in your class. Do me a favor, wherever you are. Raise a hand if you've ever heard the term radical dreaming before. Okay. Now, let me break those words apart. Point to your head if you have dreams at night that you can remember. All right, thanks. Now, give me a thumbs up if you know what the word radical means, or if you've heard it used before. Okay, all right. Alvin, can you help us to understand the difference between nighttime dreaming and radical dreaming? 
Yeah. So I'll start off by saying I'm definitely not like a dream expert. I don't have a PhD or anything like that. Uh, I think there is like definitely a connection because um, primarily I'm talking about dreaming, like daydreaming during the day, something I did all the time as a kid. Um, and I did it uh, because of the uh, conditions I was in. Um, and I needed, like, th that was my way of kind of coping with some of the adverse things I, I dealt with at um, the schools that I went to. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm primarily focusing on daydreaming, but I think I had a conversation actually with my sister, who's a few years younger than me, so she's also an adult. And she was like, I do see a connection with like dreams though, because sometimes like our dreams when we're sleeping are connected to like the wants of like what our heart and our mind are focused on and maybe we can't say those things yet because we don't know how aspiration is probably a better way of saying it yeah it's not passive i guess i should say it is an intentional action an intentional sort of state of being nice we are channeling daydreaming vibes but with intention not just slipping off into your thoughts while in class or anywhere else instead allowing yourself to loosen your hold on what is in order to think about what could be. That's the kind of dreaming we're talking about. Now, add in the radical. When I think of radical, I, I, I think of it as um, something that is going against the status quo, going against the normal sort of way that we accept things that happen in this world or to us or to our communities or, 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 or whatever. And to me, I think I had mentioned like all these different aspects of like identity and background. Um, you know, for me, uh, I, I've had to work a number of years over um, trauma that I um, uh, have lived with uh, because of uh, racialized bullying that I experienced in elementary school. Um, through middle school and even some in the high school. Racialized bullying, meaning being targeted because of the color of your skin, your racial or ethnic background. The daydreaming and the sort of aspirational dreaming aspect of it for me was, I know that my worth is more than what people tell me, right? Uh, I can't control what people are going to say or think about me, but... I know that I matter. I know that I am a beautiful soul. I know that I have things to contribute to this world um, that I want to share. And I am going to be who I am. And I'm going to pursue those things no matter what, no matter what others are saying around me. And that's the radical aspect of it. For me, it was once I made that commitment, like, I don't care. I don't care what people are going to say about me. I don't care. You know, like, that was like a radical action going against sort of the status quo of what I was hearing. And so that's, you know, it can be so many different things to so many different people, um, you know, depending on your identity and your background and the things that you value. But the radical aspect of it is the embracing of this is what I believe in and this is what I'm going to pursue um, no matter what other people say I should be. Let's take a quick break, and when we return, Alvin shares the power we give our dreams when we pay attention to them and take care of them, and three questions you can ask yourself to lead you in pursuit of your radical dreams. The ability, the gift, the, the sort of human right to dream 
you should preserve that. And yes, if you do like have something that you value that you want to sort of aspire to, like write it down, draw it, make a sketch of it, um, find someone who you trust, who you know um, will support. Maybe they don't know or understand your dream, but at least maybe they're open to like hearing it, right? Like, I don't really understand it, but like, I would love to hear you tell me about it. Like, those are the sorts of things that I think we can do to preserve our dreams, whether you're a young person or you're, you know, a person in sort of the golden ages of your life. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, grown-ups! With over a hundred different titles in our kids' book about series, it may be hard to figure out where to start. Allow me to make a suggestion. There is perhaps no greater feeling, nothing more life-giving or secure, than to know you belong. No matter where you are, what you're experiencing, or who you're around, without that feeling of belonging, it's hard to concentrate on anything else. We can help our kids know what it feels like to belong, and what it takes to help others feel like they belong around us. When you do belong, you it's very, very evident, right? Because... I like to say, your heart smiles and your brain is tickled. That's Kevin Carroll, author of A Kid's Book About Belonging. Check out our Kevin Talks About Belonging episode of A Kid's Book About, the podcast. Listen together with the kiddos in your life. And when you're ready, visit akidsco.com for more great books and podcasts made to empower kids. Welcome back to A Kid's Book About, the podcast. On today's episode, we're talking about radical dreaming with A Kid's Book About author Alvin Sheck Snyder. Dreaming about our future is something very, very human. We, as a species, love to imagine ourselves in different spaces or different experiences or different circumstances. That imagination can help us to dream about what changes need to happen in order to help take us to somewhere new. I have no doubt that you dream and that you have dreams about your future. What does it feel like to dream? Or more specifically, what does it feel like when you dream about your future or dream about solutions or changes to the problems you are facing? Good. Because I can do whatever I want in my dreams. I'm good because you can do everything. It feels, I gotta start with hope. I do a lot of art and projects that like are connected to like Afrofuturism, right? And the I bring that up because the idea of Afrofuturism being that like we look to the future, um, uh, especially folks who are coming from a black context and even if today there are things that we see in the world that um, societally don't feel right um, what does it mean to be able to look into the future and know like that we're thriving Our, this community is thriving the culture is thriving these these systems and issues that are like here right now like somehow 
don't exist. And once those things are gone, what does like thriving look like beyond surviving? And so like for me here with Radical Dreaming, like it it is like a a a conscious effort to um to see hope and it is a courageous effort again to pursue and value things counter to what our external and internal voices are saying are actually the right thing. Alvin includes a prompt in the outro of a kid's book about radical dreaming that gets us talking about our dreams. This also means it provides an opportunity to be vulnerable to one another, to model trust in what dreams a person shares, and to show respect and love toward how their dreams are being expressed. Alvin is about to model that vulnerability to us. Ready to receive his dream? Alvin, what's a dream you once had that you lost connection with? How did that make you feel at the time? How do you feel now? Yeah. I definitely have one that's top of mind. I was a, a constant drawer, sketcher, painter as a kid. I think because of the sort of traumatic things I went through, like I was into art and sci-fi and comic books and like dreaming of different worlds and things like that. So art was like sort of the physical, kinesthetic, tangible way that I expressed sort of um, the things that I was I was into, I made zines and comic books and things like that. Um, I did so much of that uh, and took a lot of classes as a kid and, you know, camps and things like that, that um, in my high school yearbook, I'm, I'm pretty sure there were uh, at least a few comments from other classmates, like, you're going to be a great graphic designer or, you know, artist someday. Like, I can't wait to find out like what you do. Um, but when I went to college, it wasn't pressure that I got directly from my parents. It was more kind of internalized as a minority and like, uh, you know, like I need to make sure I like spend my educational experience wisely. Um, I like tinkered between like law and business and I eventually ended up going to business school. Uh, I, I, I remember taking a couple of art classes like my first two years in college and then I just stopped. I literally just stopped and um, I just let that aspect of myself kind of die, which feels so sad to say, like that creative aspect of myself. And it wasn't until maybe about 2017, the Black Panther movie came out. And like when it came, I used to read Black Panther comic books. And so when it came out, I was like, wait a minute, like I used to draw this stuff as a kid. It's been like, I don't know, like 20 years since like I was, why am I not still creating art? Why am I not expressing who I am like in a way that I can see, that I can touch, that other people can see? And like, that's just a part of me that is so critical. It's so integral to who I am. And I feel like I suppressed that for so long. And it's just now that I'm starting to reconnect to it. Also, like, I have two kids. I have two kids. I have a five and a six-year-old. So, like, they force me to draw. And, like, literally, they're like, yeah, daddy, you're doing art with us now. Um, it is the biggest gift. It is the biggest gift. And so I think a combination of these things have brought me back into a place where I uh, 
am, am feeling more alive and, and more connected to, I think, sort of who I actually am. If we are lucky, and if we are open, and if we are willing, we can keep dreaming all throughout our life. The things you dream about today might go away, or they might change into something new, or they might combine with other dreams. But Alvin reminds us that it's that ability to dream itself that instills us with a sense of hope, and that is a very important quality indeed. I think a big, big dream that I have, um, and I have to have it, is just seeing no matter like someone's, you know, background, black, white, indigenous, Asian, Latinx, um, trans, cisgender, like uh, economic status. I I dream of a world where everyone is accepted, because that is, I think, the thing that I yearned for as a child, that the school system I was in was not, I'm so appreciative that you are a school librarian. Oh, thanks, Alvin. School librarians rock. Like, having someone like you, honestly, would have been amazing. <laughs> but, um, like, the school system wasn't able to give me that space where I needed acceptance, and I, I want that so much. For everyone to be able to have. And so I think at my core, that's probably the most important dream that I that I sit with and is why I do the work that I do and why this book was so important for me to be able to write. We've spent most of our time together reflecting on how to honor, protect, explore, and nurture your own dreams. As we close our time together today, I want us to look outward to the ways we listen to, support, and honor the dreams of others. What should it look like if we are that person on the receiving end of someone's dreams? I think so. In that instance, that person, you know, needs to be understanding and humble um, and, and willing to listen, despite whatever sort of assumptions they may have inside themselves about this idea isn't good. This idea is dumb. I hate saying that word, but like these are the things that people say, oh man, that's such a stupid idea. Or I don't want you to, you know, I don't want you to hurt yourself or make a mistake like I made. That's not how I would do it, right? And it has nothing to do with the person. In fact, you may want to, your your intentions may be to protect that person because you care for them. But the way that it comes off is that it can be limiting. So I think the listening aspect, the humility, the humbleness is really important. Um, those are things that we can demonstrate to other people when they're sharing their dreams with us, even if we don't understand them or even agree with them. Um, I also think, and this takes even, this is probably the next step, but I think it's, it can be incredibly powerful is like w the questions you just asked me, like what dreams did you have as a child or when you were younger that kind of went away, um, uh, did you reconnect with them or how do you feel about the fact that they went away? Like um, you sharing some of those reflections for yourself 
with other people, like while you're having this conversation can be incredibly empowering for them so that they realize, okay, like this person also dreamt of something and like, that's beautiful. And maybe there's something that I can learn from that, that like can help me preserve it. Um, and I'll, I'll give one more, I think one more thing that we can do to help others is like sharing a current dream that you have. So what, what current dream do I have? I feel so silly saying this, but like, I like, this is a dream that I have. And I'm, I'm saying this just so that like this conversation can feel safe for you. Um, and honestly, maybe this is good for me to just say it to somebody to get it out of my head. Maybe it'll feel more attainable um, if I do. Thank you to Alvin Sheck Snyder, author of a kid's book about radical dreaming for joining us today. And special thanks to Sojourner and Ellison for lending their voices to this episode. My name is Sojourner. I am six years old and I live in Illinois. I like to read and do art. My name is Ellison. I live in Illinois and I'm I forgot to ask you this, but what's your favorite thing to do? Playing on the slide. Playing on the slide? Do you have a dream about something you'd like to do in the future or a place you'd like to go? Go to the ball factory today. The ball factory is a play space here, right? We went to a birthday party yesterday. Okay, you want to go back? You have to go on the highway. We have to go on the highway? Okay, cool. Well, now, we know, now I know how to get there. A kid's book about the podcast is written, edited, and produced by me, Matthew Winner. Our executive producer is Jelani Memory. And this show was brought to you by A Kid's Co. Follow the show wherever podcasts are found and check out other podcasts made for kids just like you by visiting akidsco.com. Join us next time for a conversation about design with a kid's book about author Jason Maiden. I'm Matthew. I'm the head of audio at A Kids Co. And I also host A Kids Book About the Podcast and Worth Noting. I just wanted to say thanks. Thanks for listening to our shows in your classroom or in your bedroom, over breakfast or over dinner, on your drive or on your downtime. No matter what you do between this listen and the next time you tune in, thanks. You're awesome. And it's because of kids like you that we get to make cool stuff like this. See ya.